Well, much, um, much ado to all of you. I'm coming from my home, sitting on my throne. Bars, nigga, over everything. And much... <laughs> And uh, much like me sitting on my throne, today we'll be talking about uh, what can only be described as one of the most sensational touring companies as well as nightclubs, specifically geared towards women, modeled and patterned after an organization for men. Um, It's ripe with a lot of Chris Farley references. Nice cuffs, bow ties, and murder. Uh, this is the Curse of Chippendale. This was a wild ride. It was it was interesting to say the least. Um, I never knew. I never knew about any of this with Chippendales. Well, like, this is all. the thing. I so for me, I knew about parts of this story. Because I knew about the Playboy parts, right? But I never knew the Chippendales connection. You know what I'm saying? When we get there, it'll, this is what I'm saying. It'll make sense. But it's like I knew. I never knew the full history of Chippendales, mostly because I just never cared. But <laughs> like, if we're being totally honest. Well, it was kind of a like a relic of comedy for us. Like every sitcom had a like ridiculous Chippendales reference because it is kind of, I mean, especially 2020 eyes. I like, mean, yes and no, hokey, because if you go to cheesy. Vegas, if you go to Vegas, the Chippendales are still there. Like, yeah, no, they are. Very so I was like, cruising through some of their Instagrams earlier. But today. the thing for me this was just always a very white thing that I never wanted to be a part of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just, so it was never something that I was interested in. But that's like Playboy is very, very white and I never cared about it. But I also knew there was a lot of bullshit going on over there in Playboy, which is why I was mildly interested. Yeah. And because I lived in Cincinnati and was very engrossed in the story of Larry Flint because it was happening in front of me. So mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, the later parts, like when him and his brother start beefing and all that other shit, it was like happening in front of me. So of course, if you get into the Larry Flint story and the Hustler story, you inevitably end up in the Playboy story, right? Yeah. But for Chippendales, it just was never something that really crossed my radar because I was like, this is white girl shit. I don't give a fuck about this. Like <laughs> Chippendales definitely was, because it was it was definitely something that repeatedly came up throughout all of my childhood in many different, in many different shows, both daytime comedy, what have you. Yeah. Once again, that's just because it was like really so cheesy and it was kind of the joke of the mill strip. It's like, we would see them on the talk shows, you know, those early nineties talk shows. Yeah. Not just that, but like I was saying, it's like you would see the the Chippendales joke and comedy. Yeah, it's the comedy bits. Like it was. It goes to show just like how influential, how actually truly influential, like Chippendales as an organization really was. Yeah. Um, Chippendales ran so Watts Mozambique can exist and burn down. So. Shut up. But uh, it, watch Mozambique. Look that up, y'all. 
If it wasn't for Chippendales, we wouldn't have got Magic Mike. We wouldn't have got then Black Magic Mike, which is Chocolate City or whatever the foot. Oh, was. okay. Yeah. With Tyson. When you said Black Magic Mike, I'm like, I think that's called Chocolate City. I'm pretty sure that's not the name. <laughs> Black Magic Mike. So I always like struggle with what the name of this show actually is or this movie actually is because I always just call it Black Magic Mike. Because that's all it really is. Like, it's that's just it. like Magic Mike. <laughs> it was a chance for Robert Richard's fine ass to get up there and start like bumping and, and grinding with his shirt off. And Tyson. No, we could have kept Tyson or Tyrese. It was Tyson Beckford. It wasn't Tyrese. Remember by this time. Tyson Beckford was in this? I thought that was Tyrese. It, no, it was not. Damn, Tyson. I'm going to Google just so we're sure. I just, something about, I just feel like Tyson Beckford would not do this. No, this is exactly what he would do. (laughs) I mean, I would say, not that he's like anti-Black, but I would definitely be like, not with the Blacks, though. It was Tyson. Because I'm sure he can, it seriously was. Vivica Fox, Michael Jai White, Jean-Claude Lemaire. Tyson Beckford, Ernestly Thomas, Michael Bolerare. I really hope I'm saying y'all names right. His name was actually so this nigga Bolo. I'm serious. Like I'm not making that up. Like I'm serious. I'm Wait, seriously? Yes, I'm looking at him. Okay, I have to watch this movie. D. Ray Davis, Carmen Electra. Wait, of course. Because if Vivica Fox is in something, why not throw Carmen Electra? Right. Eureka Prince. Well, you know, Vivica Fox uh produced this movie. Yeah, no, I know. Um Andrea Lee, Andrea Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Gilbert. She's the choreographer? Yeah, she was the dance instructor, yes. Okay. Like in the movie or of in the movie. Okay, so she wasn't just doing the choreography for the movie. Bolo the Entertainer. He's right there. (laughs) Okay. No, I mean, I'm not surprised by that at all. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Who came out in 2015? And didn't it? There was a sequel that came out. There was. Darren DeWitt Henson. Genuine. Okay, Genuine makes sense. I mean, well, genuine makes sense because I've lusted after genuine since I was a small child. Darren Henson makes sense too. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, remember when Vivica Fox had the show? The actual, yep, and they got canceled because she was out here being homophobic. Yep. (laughs) She's like, oh no, oh no, 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 this ain't that kind of show. It's like, ma'am, you did not say any of that. Like, you could have just shut up because the gays are literally the only reason that you still have a career. Still halfway talk about you. Yeah. I mean, for real, for real. Yeah. Because you run up over there with Andy Cohen every chance you get because he's the only motherfucker that wants to talk to you. Um, yeah. Whatever happened. See, if she would have just kept her mouth shut with that stripper show and stayed on, it was like to tell to, to tell somebody's business, whatever the fuck that show was. I don't know what that was about. Curly was a messy-ass talk show. Oh, no, Why they still tech- do that. The one with the Brad and Claudia Jordan or whatever the fuck. No, no, no. This was show. on, like, actual TV. It was called, know. like, To Tell the Truth or some shit like that. Oh, I don't know what that is. Girl, I- it was a mess. It is. 
I just noticed one that she do on Fox Soul or whatever with Lisa Ray. And I said, Oh, yeah, no, I avoid that. I avoid that like a plague. I I see. The thing is, it's I'm still not convinced Fox Soul is a real channel. But if y'all getting y'all checks, I'm happy for you. I don't have cable, therefore I don't even know how to find Fox Soul. So I was wondering, like, what I don't know if it's a streaming channel thing, number I don't is know this? What this is like? <laughs> I know also, it's very black because Jeezy got a talk show over there, or it, it yeah. just started, or it's about to start, or something. It's very black, and I wouldn't be adverse to looking at it. I just don't know how to find this shit. And yeah, I, I only see it on YouTube. I literally only see it on YouTube. That's how I found out Keisha Cole at the time had a little bit of a like late night talk show. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I was like, huh. I didn't even but, know that. You know, Fox News, Fox Soul. Because anytime I see Fox, I kind of avoid it. So I never took the Same. time to figure out what this was. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> like completely, wholeheartedly, and utterly. Um, well, speaking of stories that Fox would have talked about, we know that they did because we saw Gerardo Rivera's braggy ass there. Chippendales. <laughs> um, so let's just have like a, a chronological but general discussion. Yeah, that's that's how we have to do this one because it's it's so all over the place. <laughs> it is. I thought it was just me, and I thought I was I thought I was high because it would pick points up, drop them, and then, and, and then just again. never come back to it. Or then, some like, they never came back to. Other than and then it's like two episodes point. later, they bring this shit up again. It's like, wait, what? Where are we at? I had to watch it three times because I I mean, granted, I was high every time I watched it. But yeah. then I also was like, no, something ain't making sense. Some something about this ain't turning all the way over. They they were doing some foreshadowing in it, which I appreciated. But then they also like I, I felt like they also tried to do too much foreshadowing. So it just felt like things were getting picked up and points were getting dropped and stories were getting dropped, and some got back to some you didn't at all, some they just lightly touched on. Yeah. But I feel like it's like they just set all these people down and said, just tell your story. And yeah. then kind of pieced it together in the yeah, most I think overall, it like, overall, it accomplished the goal. It definitely accomplished Yeah, like we got the story, but it very much felt like interviews with multiple people pieced together. And it's like, yeah. just tell what you remember. And then they like pieced it together like that. It felt very yeah. cut and paced. I mean, granted, it got the job done, but it felt very cut and paste. Well, speaking of the story, Chippendales was opened by Steve Banerjee? 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 Banerjee. Steve Banerjee. Steve Banerjee. So let's pull over with Steve, right? So... <laughs> They kept saying his name, but as I'm hearing it, I'm thinking we're talking about somebody totally different. What do you mean? So there's a, hold on. I have to Google this man because there's a guy with a similar name who like does a lot of shit in Vegas. So first, when I kept hearing 
Steve, Steve. I thought they were talking about the guy in Vegas. And then I kept saying, and then I started hearing Banerjee and I kept hearing Steve Bannon for some reason. Oh, no, I heard Steve Bannon once or twice, got real confused. And, and said, I got oh, very confused. <laughs> that's definitely not Steve Bannon, thank God. And that's why I was like, wait, what? Like, I, and I kept having to go back. So I'm like, are they saying Steve Bannon? Because I, I just got very confused. I was like, there's no way he started Chippendales. I am confusion. So You know, if you look in the mirror and say the Steve Bannon's name five times, he appears out of nowhere, spits in your face and tell you you're useless. No, I, no. But that's only the women. I also, this is the most I've ever said his name in my home in general. So. Same. And I Same. need to smudge my house when we're done because what? <laughs> Can't have them bad spirits in my home. No, but speaking of bad spirits. <laughs> Steve Bannon is. Uh... Well, he initially starts off as being um, essentially a lighthearted, according to what the other interviews have stated. In the beginning, he was a very lighthearted, easygoing, immig- hardworking immigrant man who opened a nightclub. The nightclub was doing okay, but he wanted to figure out a way to, to make more money. So he ended up creating Chippendales. He named it after a line of furniture, which I thought was funny. Yes. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. But very fitting for where Chippendales ended up going. I, I was also thinking very fitting for something appealing to like the masses of women That's in the eighties. Before um, Paul, his last name is escaping me right now. But before he got involved, it was it was Chippendale. You talking about the creative director? No, no, no. the The guy who told him to make it a male strip club. Oh, okay. It was Chippendale. It was just a nightclub. It was and a then, nightclub, but they did mud wrestling. Yeah, and then. The guy Paul, shit, his name, his last name is escaping me. Cause he was dating Dorothy Stratton, who was the playmate, and yep. he told him to make it a strip club. So that's why it's like the fact that it's named after a line of furniture became very fitting. Yeah, because it moved into a strip club, and it's like, what do women like to do? Look at men and look at furniture. Like it made <laughs> it became very fitting. Like it's. <laughs> I feel like the name in and of itself, like Chippendales, it it does sound like a old school, like luxury um, department store. It sounds or like a, a place brand to buy pianos. Or, or even a place to buy pianos or like an old school steakhouse, you know, Chippendales. There's this like 80s idea of elegance to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it really does sound like a place that you go to buy pianos. Like that's yeah. like I hear very it's very much like you go here to buy your that those heavy oak chairs and dining room tables like really heavy furniture comes from this place. Mm-hmm. It definitely like the name of it definitely played into the idea of eighties luxury. Yeah. Um. And I was it luxurious? I would say not. <laughs> um. Unless he's. It was like faux luxury, right? Because it was like it was the idea of fantasy and love. Yeah, like it was like they had. It's like you walk in, you might think it's nice until you like look a little harder. Like it's like it's like when right. 
when the real estate agent smudged Vaseline on the camera before taking pictures of the house. Like, uh-uh. it was like that. <laughs> um, well, Chippendales uh, begins to actually pick up. This is what the women, the working women of the 80s uh, want in their lives. They want to go, and all I'm seeing is like the women from nine to five going to Chippendales. I'm just kind of cackling. But it was this is the period like, we're talking about too. But in the early days of Chippendales, it was raunchy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that, I think for the time it was raunchy. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they was walking up, making out with people, and like it was kind of raunchy for the time. Like they'd strip down from pants to underwear and then to a bikini. And for the time, yes, I know those ladies were like losing their mind. And then they walk up and they get that dollar and they just tongue you down right quick. (laughs) Right. It was Um, crunchy for the time. (laughs) Well, Steve is like completely, he's found his niche and he's completely running with it. He's, like, um, he's got the fucking dick to y'all, so that's it. He's got the <laughs> thirst trap set, and these women are flying into it. Mm-hmm. And of course, like anything else during that period of time that was new or cutting edge or what have you, or non puritanical, yeah. Um, of course, he received some backlash. Um, he was receiving threats from the city, the city police department, and fire department all three entities um, regarding his various licenses, his liquor mm-hmm. license, his, his, what is it with the fire department? The, uh, uh, if he's up to fire code, like his- There occupancy. it is. Occupancy and fire code, police obviously. Now he was, he was very much trying it though, because he very much was like- I He gave no fucks. <laughs> occupancy what? <laughs> and they also stated too, you, like you, at this time, you couldn't serve alcohol in a male strip club. Yes. Um, but also, even when you were able to serve alcohol in a male strip club, like basic health department rules, and this is work coming out, basic health department rules tell you you have to have a sleeved shirt on that covers your armpits, regardless yeah. of your, if you're waxed or not. And that was one of my things. Like, this is gross. And I, that's one thing that I... Yeah, I have to be really drunk. No, I'll still drink. Like I, I don't give a fuck. But I'm still like, your whole ass is hanging out. And yes, it is beautiful to look at. Not these men at Chippendale, other men, because these men at Chippendales just look like somebody's ripped that. Yeah, like going to these gay bars where you have the boys, like the the cute boys with the fat asses and you know nice little bodies and what have you, and tiny shorts serving drinks. It's like, yes, it is so nice to look at your ass. No, I don't think it's appropriate for that ass to be out where you're serving me my mixed drink. No, because this is this is a sexual assault waiting to happen. Not even that. I'm just thinking about like. I also don't want your ass body mist. <laughs> but, I, uh, but I say the same thing about people who eat in strip clubs. Like, no shade. I hate to say it. I am that person. See, this is the thing. Because I have a rule when it comes to eating in a strip club, right? If I am going to consume food in a strip club, male or female, there has to be a sizable distance, a COVID distance between me and that stripper. 
before I consume food because there is no chance of any bodily fluids popping off of you into my food. Like I can't be that that motherfucker right at the stage eating chicken wings and handing money. Like no, because you sweat too hard. That shit's on my chicken. I have a problem. But I also get mad when I go to fast food restaurants and they put the ketchup in the bag with the food. Like that pisses me off. So I'm a different type of your hands been on it. Don't throw that shit in there with my food because the fries are open. And now all this ketchup that you've been touching is in my fucking fry. I don't like that. That shit makes me so angry. <laughs> okay. So um. I'm, I'm different from <laughs> my food. So it's like I that's I can't eat everywhere. <laughs> okay. So there are there are definitely markers for me of a no-go and definitely markers for me of like, I think it's safe. And by I think it's safe, I mean get you some wings, get them fried hard. <laughs> um if if the dancers have bullet holes and like there's certain like, marks. <laughs> like I won't go at night, but I'll go for the food during the day. Or I'll get it on Uber Eats. Because a lot of strip clubs now are putting the food on Uber Eats. Yeah. yeah. And that makes me even happier. It's like but fucking even that, wow. like I was just talking about this yesterday. It everybody laughs at me about this. If this is about to be such an off subject rant, if you work in any any place in which you bag up food and any portion of the food is exposed, put the condiments in the plastic bag that you're inevitably oh put this paper bag in. <laughs> you and this war on condiments. <laughs> because, think about it now, either you didn't grab it with that glove that you had on while you was preparing this food, and so whatever you touch during prep is now on that and now in my food I'm supposed to eat. Or you done took this glove off and grabbed it with your bare hand. I don't know what the fuck you niggas be doing. And it's still in my food. Like, I have an issue. <laughs> so can they put the condiments in first and then the food? As long as it's not in my food, like don't like, especially when you go to fast food, because like, the fries are open, right? It's an open container. They just set it in the bag. Do not then throw the condiments in on top. So where I pull my fries out and there's like ketchup packets stuck in there like <laughs> roses and shit. Don't know. Like what the fuck? Because now all your nasty ass germs is on my fries. I don't even want to eat the shit no more. That okay. shit really stresses me out. <laughs> I, yeah. I never but thought about it that way. The same with, that's why I don't drink in a, in a lot of different clubs. There's a lot of clubs I won't drink in, but it's because if your bar is sticky, I'm not drinking there. So yeah. it's like that type, but that was the, that was Chippendales in the beginning. It was the sticky bar and the kind of ripped up furniture. But they like gave this air of luxury, and then the niggas was naked, so nobody cared. Like <laughs> nobody cared, and they got these women drunk. That was the thing too. It's like exactly. Sasha look is flowing this dick swinging. These these ladies are like all about it. Mm -hmm. um, so Chippendales is up and swinging, up and running. Steve mm -hmm. gets the bright idea that he wants to begin to expand to a new location. But we can't talk about Chippendales without also talking about the the track of Paul and Dorothy Stratton. 
Okay. No, you leave that because I I vaguely remember them. So, like this shit told you something. This shit sent so many people out. The thing about Chippendales and the reason, like the cuffs and collars and all that stuff, that came directly from Playboy. But Paul introduced that because his wife, well, girlfriend at the time, but then they ended up getting married, was a playmate. So these were supposed to be the male version of the play because Playgirl wasn't a thing yet. The Chippendale supposed to be the male equivalents of the Playmates. And it was like this was Chippendales was growing in his own right to the point where even Hugh Hefner was coming to the club. He was oh, right. Hugh Hefner was, was like the allowed. only man allowed in. Yeah, he was the only man that was allowed in for a while. But as this is growing and he's thinking he's successful, her star is like blowing up and she's way more successful than he is to the point that Hef is like pulling her away from him, which sets off a whole nother course of events. Oh, right. Because don't they get divorced and she becomes the new girlfriend? No, he kills her. I don't remember that at all. So... As she got bigger and then she wanted to divorce him, he ended up killing her and going to jail, which is why then that's how the new choreographer, Nick Delote or Denote or whatever. Nick Denola. Yeah, that's how he ended up coming in because Paul went to jail for killing Dorothy. I don't remember that happening at all. I literally don't remember That's that happening. That's part at all. of the story that I knew. I just didn't know it was tied to Chippendale. To okay, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't remember that happening at all. <laughs> that was like the first first episode. Okay, then that's why because <laughs> I don't remember that shit at all. Yeah, as um, Chippendale started to get bigger before it got it before it like really blew up, but it was just growing. He's thinking he's a success. Like, you know, he's a successful person because he was like a, a mob guy, right? But he's like, I'm successful, legit. Like, and she's getting bigger over at Playboy, but she's by far eclipsing him. And then she gets Playmate of the Year. And she thanks everybody but him. And then tells him that she wants to get divorced and he ends up killing her and going to jail. Yeah, totally messed all of that. Yeah. That's how Nick Danola ended up even there. Well, Nick Danola joins the team and ends up um, getting on the good side. He he ends up giving them costumes and choreography. Yeah, he got on the good side of everybody in that corporation. Mm -hmm. Because he took it, he took it from just like, raggedy fake strip tease to like Disney performance. He took it to a show. Like it was this year really is like I spent the whole time like this is just Hercules. <laughs> when I said he was giving y'all Zorro, he was giving y'all cop, he was giving y'all construction workers. He gave you storylines, arcs, plots. <laughs> plots. He like for real plots. Characters, developments. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He was giving y'all a good boom cat. He was giving it. <laughs> well, Steve wanted to expand into um, a new market. So he wanted to expand onto now. He already had the West Coast on lock. So now he wants the East Coast. Yes. And he. Yeah. Well, the yeah, which time shit gets wild. 
the second time. This is the beginning of the second time. Get shit. Get no, done. yeah, because I'm about to say because we already had a playmate killed and somebody that went to jail, and now we about to get even more insane. So, um, Steve decides that he is going to sign a deal with Nick because Nick has a lot of New York connections. On a Nick kind of is on a napkin. Nick kind of does give like classic tough guy tough guy in business new york stereotype kid right but not even just that he also gives connected theater gay right yes very much it's very much very connected theater gay like if there's a guy to get this done nick is that guy to get nick is that guy like and that was um that was part of the appeal because nick was so like not only was he talented enough to bring together and put together these shows, but he also was well-connected. Mm-hmm. So the deal was, is if Nick can find a club that will host Chippendales in New York, he will receive 50% of the licensing in perpetuity, meaning yeah. forever. And it's of the touring, of the touring specifically. It's important to note that Steve Bannon is an immigrant. Yes. And did not know what perpetuity meant. Yes. And that was funny too. That's not not funny, but they were actually talking about how um people would like to his face make fun about it, make fun of him about his accent, um, tell him he can't speak English and other other things. And I think that feeds into something that gets brought up a little bit later on when it comes to um Steve's willingness or want for Chippendales to to represent a certain type of America and be appealing to a certain type of woman. Yes. Like all that shit is linked. It was, it was, he was going for a very white, a very white version of America because that was the version that he wanted for himself. Even the way he presented, it's like, he because when I first saw him I was like "Eh, is he white I was confused but that was a very intentional look and choice was it was it he he wanted to or was it that he knew what it was I I think Uh, what I mean by knew what it was was he had an idea of what what the standard of beauty were because they talk about him specifically pulling looks that are very um, reflective of what what was seen in popular culture and that popular culture was white culture. I think it was a combination of the two because you, this is also where the fact that he's an immigrant does come into play because he came here only having known the television version of America, which is very white. So I think it was a combination of the two because it's like, when you come here, with the impression that successfulness is it's linked to whiteness. whiteness. Yeah. So you already have that and you still see that play out to this day. And then also knowing that if you want to make money, you have to appeal to white people. Yeah. So it, I think it was a combination of things. And he he also talked about like you you see in the interview with um, I can't think of the creative director's name 
he talks about how, um, oh, you know, if they wanted to use me to sell Chippendales, it'd be nothing, you know, it would be nothing. And Nick does fulfill this role of being this boisterous, larger than life, white male who can represent the company publicly while Steve just sits in the background and makes his coin. Yep. Um, nobody, well, there's nobody alive. Well, most people alive don't have that capability to sit back and be like, all right, you be this, you be the face of, and then willingly allow that to happen for too long. But he was well, always resentful of that. He was always resentful of it. Always. Like that definitely led into a lot of the larger problems because he's like, I made this. Why are y'all crediting this him for this? Yeah, despite him consist despite him saying that like this is what Chippendales needs to succeed. Exactly. Well, um, Nick gets the job done. They open in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, they open, there's news reports. Of course, there's the typical protesters, as always. Um, they, they it's always the consistent thing of uh, legislating morality, what have you. Nick gets the motherfucking job done. So Nick is like, all right, New York is open. These niggas are tight. We're going on tour. He's like, we're doing this tour. We're, we're making this more money. So he Nick initially... Because he got them in better shape. Yeah. He got the choreography together. He No, he got everybody together. Nick came in and really tightened this show up. And I know... Like, because they talked to a lot of the, the former dancers and a lot of the people who were there in the early days was, they were like a little resentful of the changes because it became more of a show and not so much of a free-for-all. Yeah. They also all saw their money increase. Yeah. Like, he forced them to learn how to dance. Some of them to sing. Off a of stripping, like. He put, he like really put these niggas to work. But and he, yeah, like you said, like many of them like hated him and were resentful of him and his actions. But at the end of the, end of the day, like he produced a product that honestly has withstood the... Because it's the a lot of them that don't have to work right now off of their Chippendales money. Like, I mean, hell, I would hope. I would definitely hope. Oh, no. Because um, they, they all talked about how they was like, look, he got on our nerves, but we made way more money once he got the yeah, there was a lot of, oh, he was hard to work with. It's like, yeah, I could see that, but he yeah. also got the job done. Very much. And he got all y'all together and got all of y'all, everybody got a coin. Got everybody. That was what I was about to say. They got, he got everybody a fucking coin. Yep. Including Steve. Including, um, as much as he resented it, the coins tripled by when he got there. Yeah, when they hit, when they hit tour time, the money was rolling in. So they were talking about how, um, LA could only have 250 people at a time. Um, New York could have roughly about like 505 people. Five, I'm sorry, 500 to 550. Yeah. They hit the road and they're playing sold out every night, 2,000 plus yep. people. One guy was even talking about how like women were sitting in the balcony with binoculars to watch the show. You're looking at a strip show through binoculars, still trying to tip. Right. Like, how dick starved were the women of the 80s? Yes. None of y'all was getting fucked right. Because, girl, what I'm not about to do is try to see some dick through binoculars. And 
Not through binoculars. Like, I've gone to some of those little tourist strip shows. I take that back. I've gone to one of these. <laughs> Which one was it? No, I've gone to two of these. Two. One when I was in college, and they like, it was, they like came to our school. But I only went to that because I was dating one of the strippers. That was a time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one I went to and they were late. And I got pissed off and left. Like, I I think I saw one of the dancers. But the only reason I even stayed a little bit longer is because one of the dancers that showed up was somebody I used to date. And because they were from Detroit and they had came down one of the dancers was somebody I used to date and I was going to stay, but then they like took too long and I got irritated. But by the time I was ready, I was about to walk out. The first dude had started. So I was just like, okay, I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm getting fucked out of here. Cause I'm annoyed. Like, uh. I, cause they took too long. I don't have time to wait for that shit. <laughs> so I yeah. never even saw the person who I actually came to see cause I was irritated. They took too long. You're like, I, I get it. I don't have to sit like, here and why wait did you for leave? me. And I'm like, because y'all took too fucking long. Like, I don't know. Like, niggas got things to do. It's like, it's uh, getting late, bitch. I'm tired. I don't have time to wait for this shit. Like, it, it was funny when they started talking about Chippendales as a tour, because that's all I actually truly remembered of Chippendales was that it was a touring company. I didn't even know until this that there was a LA and a New York. I thought it was just I Vegas. Mean, I think I remember it only as like a Vegas review type thing. Yeah. I never knew it was an LA club or a New York club. Like I never knew there were Chippendales clubs. I just remember them as like a Vegas review that like performed in the casinos, you know? And one of the things too about Chippendales is also like kind of vaguely important to know. Um, Chippendales, it wasn't like an all night strip club. It was from 8 to 10, and then from, I'm assuming, 10 to 2, right. it was a regular club. So this was yeah. just really just like an, it was like a essentially a drag show for two yeah, hours, like and then the club opened up. Like, it wasn't like a full-on strip club. This was like a two, three-hour thing to come and see the show, and then you could go back to dancing or whatever else, because men could come in after midnight. After 10. Oh, I thought it was after 10. Whatever it was. Whatever like whenever the, the show was over. Yeah, after the show was over, men were allowed in. Like, it wasn't even like this was a male strip club. <laughs> this was very much a review. Like, it was... <laughs> they, they called it burlesque. And I was like, I don't know if this is burlesque. Exactly burlesque, but sure, go off. Call it what you want. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess you could call it burlesque because after, when Nick comes on board, there's a certain level of artistry that is and then forced it does into have, it. And it does have an MC and it does have yeah. costuming and scenes and plots. So I, I mean, I guess you could call it burlesque. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I would just call it off-off-Broadway strip. It, it just felt to me like any other drag show or it, it felt like a review. Like, that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> You know what though? It's also because too we've gone to we've gone to shows where we've gone to shows where the boys are doing their shit and it's in the midst of a drag show. Mm-hmm. So it does just feel like kind of it just feels gogo boyish. Mm-hmm. Like 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 seriously gogo boyish. 
um, <laughs> but they they opened New York. I'm sorry, I forgot. Before they open New York, uh, go on tour, they open New York, and this is where we begin to meet Michael Rapp. Um, yeah, Michael Rapp and his wife. Well, he was brought on board to Chippendales, um, moved to New York, and they opened with. Um, it was no. called The Perfect Man. <laughs> a piece. I should have called it a piece. For some reason, we have an older audience. I appreciate it, but I don't know why we have an older audience. I don't know why y'all listen to us, but whatever. We appreciate it. But some of y'all that listen to this are old enough to remember the Chippendales calendars. Oh, yeah. So Michael Rapp was the guy that was on the cover of every fucking calendar. They called him the perfect man. He that makes the sense. Perfect man. Yeah. So he was the face. Some of y'all are old enough to remember. You didn't know his name, but you know that face. Like <laughs> I also feel like he's been in other stuff before too. Like he he's looked been very in a familiar. Lot of stuff. I remember seeing him because he was in Playgirl. I remember seeing him in a lot of different things. And because I get so wrapped up in true crime and a lot of true crime happened around Playboy. I've seen him multiple times before. I just never knew his name. I felt like, I thought he was like a soap, a soap opera actor. He probably was. I know he's done other modeling. Like he's been, he was, I believe he was in like a Calvin Klein ad. And like, I aesthetically, I can see it. I believe he was in a like a very early '90s Calvin Klein ad, and like he's done other. Like he made his career as a model. I think he mm-hmm. still models. Um, he was uh, he was a very handsome daddy type. So yeah, I could, yeah, I no, could definitely he's see it. He's very his, fine. Right? He's Girl, his wife, though. Okay, so you know... His ex-wife. Those lips really bothered me. They stressed me out. Her mouth stressed me out. Because I was like, I can't even, like, take what you're saying seriously. Because I feel like like your lips are going to fall off your face. (laughs) I feel like her head is just one big shrinky-dink and somebody left her in the oven too long. Because everything is just too tight. I was choked. Stop. <laughs> you didn't call it the shrinky dink. Like, like everything just, it looks overcooked. So old. Because that is a very specific <laughs> reference. And <laughs> no, seriously, like everything, it just, it looks, it, it looks, it looks overcooked. She reminds, like her, she reminds oh, me, remember when we were young? And you would go outside with your crayons and like leave them on the porch, and, and they would melt. Back, and it's like just these like wax puddles and wrappers. That's yeah. what it reminds me of. <laughs> Why was I thinking an overcooked scallop? Because you've been watching Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> it's like she looked rubbery and brown and greasy. Just sad. And the thing just is, is like when she was younger. Her mouth was still weird. Like she just had Steven Tyler mouth. But yeah, she had these features. They're just, she had the high cheekbones too. It's like, but she was attractive when she was younger. Like when they showed pictures of her younger, I completely saw what he saw. Yeah. But then it's like she was, you could tell as she got older, she was trying to she hold went too to far. It. Yeah. And it just kind of turned into like just weird. 
We just got yeah. it got strange. <laughs> no, it just just it no. black figure. It gives yeah, overcooked lobster, just rubbery and red. <laughs> it just it just looks very melted to me. Like when you, yeah, like when you find a lipstick in a in a purse you haven't carried in years. Well, that's why I said an overbaked shrinky ding. Yeah, it it just it gives very melted. Like it's like it it melted and then hardened in like a weird way. <laughs> Well, they um they end up moving to New York for the Perfect Man show. They interject a lot of Michael Rapp's like personal life too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's him and his wife. They have a baby. They think they have like the American dream of families. Um, well, we'll find out soon that that is definitely not the case. So back to being on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael and the other gentlemen are on tour. They're out here turning coins. Um, they realize that the tour in and of itself is making, what was it, 50 times the amount? Yeah. It was, a, it was like a ridiculously high amount of money versus either of the brick and mortar locations. And Steve is not having it. No, Steve is pissed. He is. And instead of shutting up, this is the thing. <laughs> You're getting 50% of this, right? This man is legitimately doing all of the work on the tour. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just shut up and make your coin? That's my thing. Just why are we talking? Why are we talking? Like you're mad because Sally Jesse Raphael and Donahue wants to interview him. And they know who he is. But I mean, he's also right. being credited as the creator. Yeah, he was being credited as a creator and he wasn't correcting it. The no, well, also, too, he had changed the name from Chippendales to the original Chippendales. But it's also, like, you could, I mean, because at the end of the day, regardless of who they say credited what or whatever else, one, you got the, the paperwork that says it's yours, and two, you still getting coins. So what difference does it make? That's it. Like, there's a whole thing. It's nothing more than just complete and utter greed. This is just and jealousy at this point. Like, yeah, in the in the worst fucking way. Um. So, yeah, they. Excuse me. <coughs> um. So Nick is actually upset his himself too, saying, you know, why do I have to give him fifty percent of the door? Mm-hmm. Um. But they're still making money hand over. Like literally fucking hand over fucking fist. Yeah. Um Nick is with his, I can't remember what her name is. She was the tour manager or assistant producer. Assistant producer, that's her name. I don't remember what her name was, but yeah. We were very I was very high watching this and I've like was too. So some a lot out on taking notes. So many names. A lot of these names are like really slipping. Right. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't feel like taking notes for this. <laughs> it's just like, I'm too high for this. <laughs> I just want to enjoy a good story. Um, and this was a good story. But the um, assistant producer uh, decides, that, well, they decide they're going to have um, dinner together because Nick, in the midst of the tour, ends up having to leave for a little bit. Um, goes back to New York to uh, Chippendale's Universal, which oops i know steve was pissed about that one yeah yeah i know he was pissed about that one yeah that was a uh yeah 
Yeah. Um, he goes back, and it was like what, just a couple of days later, maybe like two days, if that. It was very recently after he returned. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of Matt Bins, almost at Matt Barnes. That nigga's in enough. I rebuke you, Matt Barnes, from doing harm against others and harm against yourself. Um, Get him with the craft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that just kind of came out. I'm also very stoned now. Matt Barnes. Uh, so there was a gentleman sitting at the front desk. Uh, an unknown assailant comes in, asks to see Nick. He says, I'm not Nick. Nick's in the back. He goes in the back. He pops one off in Nick's face. Gentleman at the desk comes in and has probably one of the most disturbingly calmest um, 911 calls I've ever heard. He he sounded like he sounded he sounded like he tried a Cadbury egg for the first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You get that what I mean? Yes, I completely understand. Oh, oh my God. I can't. Someone shot Nick. Like, like, like oh. caramel and nougat? Like, it just happened. It's like, like, yeah, when he literally like just, he's just acting like he tried a Cadbury egg for the first time. It's or one of those like chocolate covered orange things. Or when Reese's released a new product, because you know there's right. 99,000 versions of Reese's cups. Whenever. Or whenever these raggedy niggas decide to bring back the fucking nutrageous candy bar, you stupid bastards. How dare you discontinue that? Oh, that was the shit. Because it's literally everywhere here. <laughs> I didn't know it was discontinued. Are you serious? I've, I haven't seen it in years. I can't go to a store and not find one. That is disgusting. I'm going to buy them on Amazon then. I didn't, I did not know that it was discontinued. <laughs> Maybe it's not. I just I haven't seen it, and I used to. Yeah, that was my shit. Worst selling product. So, is it? Yeah, nobody buys that. I buy it probably because I mean, I'm an old person Ohio, who likes peanuts in his chocolate. You can go to if you go to Ohio, you find them everywhere. At least I also eat payday, so like I'm not that fun. Now that's what I can't never find is a damn payday. Oh, I can find them all the time. I can't never find a payday. Did you give me an Almond Joy amount, a payday, you know, a outrageous? You know, the it's a every year at Halloween, they put out the popular candies by state. So, you know, if your candy not in that top 10, you're not going to find it. That's probably, unless you special order or order unless, through Amazon. Yeah, that's, that's really what it is. Just look at that list every year. You That's how you can tell usually what you're going to find for at least the next year. <laughs> Bitch, I'm such a lazy fuck. This conversation of candy bars make me order, want to order some from 7 Eleven. I definitely was just thinking I want a candy bar now. <laughs> Same. I... <laughs> I'm, it'll be the only chocolate we get in this episode because there are no black people, which we'll oh, get. There's to, one. There's one. He comes later. Oh, no. He's not oh, part of the cast. Wait. He's not in this documentary. He's in the other one I watched. Because there is a second Jimmendale's documentary. I was hoping that they would talk. I was hoping they'd talk to a, a Black person. There was only one. To it. But it was only, because there's only been one Black Chippendales dancer. I think he said that, I think the attorney said that there was like one in company. 
Well, this man said he's the only one. Okay. Period. Yeah, they showed one. Uh, I was like, so are we going to talk to one of them? There's another, there's a um a 2020 Chippendales thing. 2020 oh, did an sake. episode about Chippendales. It's on Hulu. I watched that. Was it Diane Sawyer or Barbara Walters? Neither one of them. Oh. One, D- Diane Sawyer is raggedy, so fuck her. <laughs> fuck that <laughs> So is Barbara Walters, honestly. Barbara Walters is a cyborg and she's funny. But um, she's very funny. But no, it's a the host of 2020 now, it's like it's a two, it's a, a younger guy and a woman. Okay. But they don't do 2020 like they used to. Like it's not like somebody coming in and sitting down with this interview. They yeah, I thought it was all true crime now. Yeah, they well, not all true crime because there's an episode about um I am high, sorry. Um the the poet that was at the inauguration, Amanda. Oh, okay. There's like an episode. It's not all true crime, but they do it more documentary style and less interview style. Okay. Every time I've seen 2020, it was like, damn, bitch, you act like Dateline now. You're going to start doing To Catch a Predator. Oh, wait, no, they had something. It was What Would You Do? Yeah, no, it is a lot of true crime because they know true crime sells, but yeah. it's not all true crime. But yeah, there is a 2020 about the Chippendale. That's the one I was watching that they talked to the one black Chippendale. Okay, I might have to look into that because I was I was curious as to why in this one we didn't even get a few minutes of him even talking about um, the discrimination suit. So um, but we'll get into... He wasn't a part of the company when the discrimination suit happened. No, but he can still speak to his experiences. Being he can, but it was, from what I understand, when they were doing this, he wasn't available. Which oh, is okay. he's a part of the 2021 and not a part of this one. Because he just, they just couldn't work it out where he could be a part because he has a because he worked in the new york club so he worked closer with nick and he was he was very close to nick and has a lot more insight in that nick steve dynamic he gave a lot yeah. of context to that and he also was on tour with them when the like assassination plot was happening because he was one of the ones that called to tell them that somebody was trying to kill them yeah i wish they would have um just inserted something that just said we attempted to reach out to unfortunately they were unavailable just to yeah kind of put some kind of cap to that instead of just leaving it so open aired but 2020 talked to a lot of different dance open-ended like a lot of the ones that were in this documentary weren't in the 2020 like okay. there a lot of different dances because 2020 focused more on the assassination plot so they got more of the dancers that were directly involved with that 
Yeah, and this is more of an overarching like this, storytelling this, of the myth and the legend of Triffindels. Yeah, yeah the, just this, like all the main points. Yeah, this one focused on all the major players and not so much, whereas 2020 was very much about the the arsons, the assassination, that kind of stuff, like the later mm-hmm. years. Um, oh, yeah, so Nick is back in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, from tour, he shot in the face. Yep. No one knows anything. It's a cold case. The family ends up selling the per- the the licensing percentage back to Stephen. Uh-huh. Stephen is happy as a clam. However, Stephen is also even more paranoid about um, the copycats that were popping up. Now, before. I kind of glazed, I kind of actually forgot about it for a sec. The before um, Nick's death, theory, there are a few copycat orig- like uh, copycats in LA that, you know, mysteriously burned down. So Steve was like, yo, we got to be fucked up. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to make sure that, you know, security's good, security's tight. Um, you know, he said, we were the first mail review and we will be the last standing by hella high water. Yeah. Still standing, actually. So <clears throat> police are, you know, police are asking and investigating Nick's murder. Once again, it turns up as being nothing more than a cold case. Um, Steve begins to take over everything. He begins to expand. They start to do international tours at this point as well as national tours. So they're once again making money hand, hand over fucking fist. Mm-hmm. However... New York and the tourists are making money. LA is now closed. Why, you might ask? <laughs> well, LA had um, many a lawsuit. She was sued up. A bunch of times. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she was. She was sued up. They won't let her out. Um, she was sued so many damn times. Like, it's just. Yeah, all she needed was the cue, and that was it. No bitch would have been Susie fucking Q. Uh, multiple cases of uh, uh, discrimination and gender discrimination. Um, apparently, there were multiple men who filed suits about not being allowed in to see the male review. And of course, Gloria Allred and that godforsaken art teacher Bob was there. Oof. I said, is that Gloria Allred? God damn, this bitch is on everything. 90s. If there was a K, if there was, she was fucking Lisa Bloom before Lisa Bloom happened. She really was, though. She really, like, Gloria Allred, like, set she the path. Lisa Bloom is so just Lisa Bloom running it. Like, it was... Truthfully. Truthful fuckingly. Um... They also had a, another lawsuit that wasn't dis, uh, gender discrimination. Uh, so a young man shows up um, to be let into the club. This is post-review hours. So this is after 10 p.m. Meaning the show was over. Um, he is, they, they talk about him being a well-dressed man and a well-behaved man who was better dressed and better behaving the, than the other gentlemen that were being let in. And then we pan down, you know, the, the news article that they show and he's obviously black yeah uh don gibson is really the only name i remember in this because i said god damn this nigga was fine <laughs> he was fine it's like oh so he ends up um being denied entry however little did they know that he was clerking 
<laughs> under a local county <laughs> local county judge and he files a discrimination suit finally the state of california decides to pull the liquor license simply because of the number of lawsuits and troubles and trials that the chippendales are having so la is done at this point there is as this woman said um they need to they needed to pick up and move to another place so that they can have fun and be wild, crazy women. Mm-hmm. That lady looked, she looked dick starved. She did. She needed some so bad. Like it was just. All of the women in this just looked so deranged. Yes. Like they were possessed. Yes. I'm like, the man just has a, he just has a thong on, girl. And he's badly dancing. <laughs> he's badly dancing aboard in the USA. It was so much bad dancing and flat ass in hell. Like, it was just like, what is happening? Like, y'all are really over here wetting yourselves for the river dance of, like, the, it was essentially the river dance of strip clubs. Like, it really is. Yes. Like, beautifully, like, talented men, beautiful production. Mm-hmm. Like most of them could sing, almost all of them could really dance. Decent bodies, no asses. Yeah, decent bodies. This was the day and age of just the upper body, so I'm sure many of these men ended up looking like muscular potatoes on Tuesday. Yeah, everything was chest and abs, arm, chest, abs, face. Nobody was. Everybody was missing leg day. Yeah, literally everybody. Oh, there, there was one dancer. So you got a little booty. All right. It was the one, and he, and they knew it, and he was the ass in all of their ads. Like it was because <laughs> there was no other ass to be had. Like, oh, okay. Is this what ladies are looking for? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I got distracted how like th- these men were really hot from like the waist up. Yes. yes. <laughs> like there was a whole other like 40 to 50% of body that was just like, hey, what about me? Yeah, the, the second half was just like, all right. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Okay. So um, yes, Chippendale's LA uh closes. Um, they're still making money hand over fist as far as the tours. They're still um, making money at New York, but many of the guys talk about like the spark and the electricity being out of it. So many of them begin to leave or are fired. Well, enter yet another childhood memory of watching commercials at the middle of the day when I probably <laughs> should have been in school. Um, a nigga with fake sick all the time, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> enter Adonis. Adonis was the men of Hollywood. Adonis. And Adonis very, very quickly, very quickly became that girl. (laughs) Um, Chippendales was playing smaller venues. Adonis was hitting those larger venues. More dancers from Chippendales began to go over to Adonis because Adonis is playing those big tens of thousands of, of the people shows which is still mind-boggling to me mm-hmm. but nonetheless um <clears throat> well not michael rap 
um, I can't remember the host's the host name. Reed, Reed, Ray, Reed, Brian. I don't remember. Bro, Reed. I think. I think it's Reed. I think it's Reed. I think so. That sounds right. Well, Red <laughs> Reed, who was the the uh, original host at um Chippendales. Mm-hmm. Initially, was told that he was not hot enough to dance, but he was hot enough to host. Which yes. I'm like, that's easy money. Okay, cool. It is. I'm like, I ain't got to do shit, and I'm about to get the coins. All right. Like, I ain't got to do backflips, high kicks, lip sync, or a dip. I'm good. Uh, so Reed ends up actually leaving Chippendales. Um, he gets a call from Adonis, and the producer. And the director want him to join. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's get this money, gang, gang, nigga. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out here and sling this dick all over the U.S. and Europe, all over Eurasia. Wherever. All over, all over Prussia, the Balkans. Wherever there's a white woman who ain't seen enough dick in the world, we will be there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Um, well, one night he's hosting. And he's told to come off stage. So he comes off stage and there are two officers. It was, was it London? It was London. I think it was London, yeah. There are two officers from the London PD. I almost said Interpol and I was like, no, that is not it. <laughs> what are you, you've been watching too much bullshit. Um, right. Two officers, two London PD officers inform Reed that there has been a plot against his life mm-hmm. and not just his life but the life of one other um so he does what any normal person does he leaves he goes back to his hotel he <laughs> barricades the door he's sleeping with a knife when he, <laughs> when he can knife. sleep like when he can actually sleep um well the reason why this was found out was because this man, I've been calling this man Daryl the whole time. His name is not Daryl, but his last name is Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> and when it first popped up, I said, God damn it, Daryl, you back to your old crackhead antics, ain't you? Mm-mm, not crackhead antics. <laughs> I'm done. I can't. I can't. No, <laughs> I can't with you. That's horrible. I'm sorry. He's he is in recovery and he's doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Daryl pops up and uh Daryl goes to the FBI and he's like, hey FBI, I know some things and I have some things. You niggas want to get in? And the FBI's like, this sounds like bullshit, but okay. So he begins to recant his tale of meeting up with a friend of his, Roy. Yeah. Roy Cologne. Who? That shit sound fake. It sound like some shit. Sound like a name they would have made up for Gus on site. Like, he sound fake as <laughs> So I, I watched this with the subtitles on. His name is spelled Colon. Mm-hmm. Like there's no accent mark. There's not oh, a lot. Subtitles on too. So yes, it yes. It there is. is nothing to indicate any kind of inflection on that second syllable. This it's nigga's name. That nigga's last name. Oh no, it's Roy Colon. 
Yes. Yeah, it's Roy Colon. <laughs> it's it's Roy Colon. It and they're like, hello. And it's like, this nigga is like Mrs. Bouquet out here and shit. Trying to make it sound Richard! <laughs> <laughs> it's not Bucket, it's Bouquet. Like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Your name is Cologne. <laughs> get out of here. Well, you know, his Richard decided to do what the other Richard should have done and turned his bitch ass into the FBI. Yes. Um, so he gets picked up. He's held on $100,000 bond. He's unable to make it. He ends up reaching out to a former um, district attorney. Mm -hmm. Was it district attorney? No, yes, I think it was a district attorney. It was someone in law enforcement. I remember that. It was someone that they were familiar with. Um, who who was no longer uh, a part of the organization, but instead, yeah. I'm assuming he went to private practice and is now apparently he's a defense attorney. And he's ready to squeal. Yep. This nigga turned into Peppa Pig. He said, I'm telling all the business, so you get your ducks together because the business will be told. That's right. She said, girl, gather your things. Mm -hmm. We're going on a journey. <laughs> You have a matter of time to get your things collected and in order because the business is getting told. Like Roy, when I tell you, Roy spilled everything. So Roy spilled not only the assassination attempt in the UK, mm -hmm. Roy spilled on the fires of the um, competitor clubs in LA. <clears throat> and he also dropped the little birdie about Nick's death and him being involved in it. Yep. So Roy, who only received two and a half years, has been the person that has been most connected, has been connected to all of these scenes and is only connected to one other person. And mm -hmm. that person would happen to be Stephen Banerjee. So Roy is squealing. The cops are like, all right, we need to corroborate this. So they call the, uh, I'm sorry, the FBI. And the FBI ends up calling the New York. I'm sorry, NYPD Blue. NYPD Blue. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 okay, I've been wanting to watch that show. Damn, I'm an old person. You are. Oh. Uh, You're so old. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> The FBI ends up calling the NYPD um, officer who is actually taking taking Snake's case on. By this time, it had been roughly, I want to say roughly about four years. So we're talking about super cold case. Yeah, like and, very cold. Well, they were able to match details that were never released between the two stories. And it mm -hmm. proves that, okay, Roy, Roy's got something going on here. Roy tells him, like, yo. It was it was Steve Avenger. They need more than that, though. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a dirty witness. Yeah, because he has something to lose. Some well, something to gain more than lose. So That's they it. Gotta, like find a way to corroborate this story. They need an airtight case at this point. Mm -hmm. Um. So they're doing any and everything to get this man they on camera or on film speaking i'm sorry on camera or on audio speaking it was all the hoops were being jumped through like like literally all of the trapeze artists these hoops they was jumping through 
Well, it starts with it starts with just your like kind of I don't I don't want to say general, but it kind of is general. Like run of the mill. Yeah, it starts very run of the mill with like running bugs and trying to catch this man in conversation. The man doesn't want to talk on the phone at all, and he doesn't even want to talk in person because he knew he knew off rip that something wasn't right. Yeah, he knew some shit was popping. Like he's like, um, nah, you girls is too friendly all of a sudden. Yeah, and he's like, "Why are you? Why are you trying to talk to me so much?" Roy um, hits him up and is like, "Hey, I need ten thousand for a lawyer." Stephen's stupid ass comes out here and gives him the ten thousand dollars, but the entire time, so Roy is like mic'd up the entire time. They're passing notes back and forth. Yeah, because Stephen did not trust Roy at all. Yeah, his gut was right. There was another time that Roy hit him up for roughly about forty grand. Which is supposed to be a payout, part partially for his silence, um, and partially for the lawyer. They have Stephen on the phone for just a few minutes, speaking very generally about a a place and a pickup. Mm-hmm. He drops forty thousand dollars off. FBI finds it. They collect it. So yeah. they're just slowly but surely accumulating evidence against this man. Uh, Stephen comes up, Stephen Manager comes up with the idea for Roy to go on the lamb. He said, you better get your best Harrison Ford on and get the fuck on out of here, he sir. He definitely said, you better go, you better hit your Matt Damon, you better hit your born identity, you better, you run. better get your minority report and get the hell out of here. <laughs> he said, you need to be a fugitive. Essentially, he said, you need to be a fugitive for me to trust you. Which, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I can see the logic. Um, so, but the, by the time we get to this point, nothing Steve Banerjee is doing is logical. It's not an ounce of it. Not even to this point. point. Like the very, like the very beginning of handling specifically the section. It's just like, why are you doing this? Yeah, it's like everything is like it's just stuff happening at this point because nothing about this is logical or reasonable or rational or anything. Like it's just shit. It's just right. Happening. I'm actually really because of the way that he operates and how ridiculously inconsistent and sporadic it is. I'm truly surprised that he did not hire another hitman to kill Roy. I was I actually thought he was going to. I actually I thought that was going to be the next plot point in the story that he hired a, an additional hitman to get rid of the loose ends. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, and Roy was loose. He's very he was loose. He's very, very like sporadic at this point. And it's just very like it nothing is making sense. <laughs> well, they also make sure to note too that he's beginning to do more and more coke. He's hyper all the time. He's moody. I mean, the, just the classic like dope head signs. Dope head problems, very much. Yeah. Well, the FBI actually is a it's truly somehow some way actually able to set up Roy so that he can have the illusion of being on the lamb and being a fugitive. So Stephen and Roy are set to meet somewhere in Europe. Stephen says Amsterdam. Roy says Italy. Yeah. Roy is using all of the tactics given to him by the FBI of like of trying to pressure Stephen into getting over to Italy from Amsterdam and Stephen's not fucking budging. Not at all. Then Stephen says, you can meet me in Zurich. 
Oh, that's where we find out too that Steven was not an American citizen. Yes. Which for me, I was like, the FBI spent all this time and couldn't didn't even confirm that this man is an American citizen first. Like from the get-go, from the first point. That's the part that got me because I was like, y'all done did all of this with no confirmation of his citizenship. Therefore, you don't even know if he could run. Right. Or where he could run to. Or where he could run to. Like, you know this man has killed at least one person. Yes. And there's no time. Tried to kill two more. Right. And And was burning down clubs. Being put into figuring out where he would go or what he would try to do or none of that like you know nothing about this man and you're supposedly chasing him right they're just like well we'll get him it's like but what are we getting him on like what are we getting him on where are we getting him from what are we like what are we doing because this is very like haphazard and not thought out it seemed like an episode of do you remember leverage no it seemed like an episode of any of those TNT like crime based drama shows it, where it was it felt it did feel very like law and order New York undercover that but law and order like season 19 yeah like later law and order where it was just kind of doing things where it's like there's no real investigative to it. It's just stuff just kind of falls into their lap, you know? Yeah, they're like, we're gonna go to Italy and set up this sting operation. And what? He'll be there somewhere. And it's like, that's a whole ass country. Like, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> and Cackle, too, is they didn't even confirm that he had the legal visas necessary to go to Italy. Right. Like, it was just so much of this that was just, like, so... What's your plan? Like, right, is there one? It was It was very much, like, so what happens next? Because you're telling me you're going to try to apprehend this person, but you have no information on this person. You don't know a who or what or where or why. would happen with the information that y'all have on this person. I, like, honestly, at that point, I just really, like, I screamed out loud to myself. I was like, this is law enforcement. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Didn't even check check citizenship, let alone didn't even check to see if there was a visa on file for this man so that he had the capability to get to said country you were trying to get him to. that you were even going to like you don't know that he could get out the country to get there you don't right that where, and then baffled if me. he could like you don't know where he would even be once you got there because it's not like Italy is a city that's a whole ass country like that's you a whole ass country don't even know where he would be once you get there so it's just like it was very inspector gadget very like 
I won't even say that. You can't be hating on Penny because Penny always comes up with a good plan. That's why Penny's said, plans are more sound than this. But that's why I said Inspector Gadget. I didn't say nothing about Penny because Inspector Gadget never had a plan. He just that had is true. Things. Penny came in and saved him all the time. Well, for these white men, it was nothing more than this man's like this man's willingness to doubt his own and his own intuition. Exactly. They got combos. Bitch, I'm sorry. I'm looking at 7-Eleven Uber Eats. I don't need this. I'm going to be bloated. I don't need this. I don't need it. I'm going to stop. Um, he just, it's because this man just didn't trust his own good. That's what, he didn't. That's what got him caught. Not that's exactly what it was. Police was doing because they didn't know what the fuck. This was very Mickey Mouse, what they had going on. Like, it really was. It truly, it's it like truly was. This whole operation was giving Dukes a hazard, so it ain't had shit to do with what they was doing. Well, they get Stephen Roy gets Stephen to agree to meet in Zurich. Well, I'm sorry, other way around. Stephen gets Roy to agree to meet in Zurich. Um, he knows he definitely can get there. The police, I'm sorry, the FBI have 24 hours to scramble and try and get everything together. Somehow, in some way, they were able to pull the shit out of their ass. Yeah, still haven't figured that out. That definitely haven't. Still don't know how they did that. Well, they get him in Zurich, and Steve is there in his, uh, no, he's there, not in a disguise, but Roy's there in his disguise and his mic'd up jacket. Mm-hmm. And Roy fucks up at the meeting at the coffee shop because once again, Steve will not come to the place where Roy is. So they, right. which is smart. Um, he takes his jacket off. Mingus can't hear shit. Can't hear shit out. It was like everything about this was stupid. Everything. <laughs> then the the, uh, the FBI send in a police PD to the coffee shop. Tell the owner of the coffee shop shut this shit down in order to get them out to someplace else and hopefully get Roy to put his jacket back on? And be able to hear. <laughs> well, these niggas go to the bar and all they hear is a serenade happening. That's it. Yes. They get a lounge jack in the background and niggas having a good time. <laughs> but Roy keeps having beer after beer. He gets drunk enough. He's finally like, let's go back to my place. Now, in Italy, they had everything sound-wise set up for a crystal clear reception. This time when Switzerland, the Swiss PD actually set them up for crystal clear reception. They get them in the room and they actually um, they actually get them on tape. Yep. They get them on tape asking Roy about what did he tell them? Um, he's He references the murders. Not only that, he references the club burning. Not only that, but he represents references um the two assassination attempts as well but there also is if you really want to talk about it because by the time he got to this point he was intoxicated so yeah he was wrong reality they couldn't even really use the shit but you know who cares I know. I mean, that's also my thing too. Is like, how does this? How does something like this work with the with international law? Because it's obviously a joint venture between, but is it really listed as being a joint venture between? Is the Swiss PD just like taking the lead on this and sending information to, you know, you know what I mean? Sending information to the FBI about a credible threat. Question of 
can you take an intoxicated confession? But that's what I mean. Like, what? How does that break down internationally, not just here? No, but internationally. But what does that equal out to? Yeah, it's like there's so many. And it's not a confession either, though. That's a difference too. Yeah, he's confessing, but there's nobody of law enforcement. There's no rep, like actual representative of law enforcement in the room questioning him. Well, he's having a conversation with a friend. And they can they can take it as a confession because he's having a wired conversation with the friend. So this friend is acting as a representative of law enforcement. So not in a way of like being able to pressure it, or coerce in the same like level of responsibility that law enforcement has. No, like that's why like this can't be a confession. But it's also like it's like getting information from confidential informants. It's like getting, you know, it's it all falls under the same vein. Um, but they get the evidence necessary. But he wasn't really confessing, he was more just implicating himself. He, he said, hey, I did XYZ. He said, What do they know? No, he did. He did. He flat out said, did they know, oh, I'm afraid that they know. I'm afraid that they know that I bought the gun that killed Nick. I'm afraid that they know. Yeah. I forgot about that part. You're right. No, he flat out said that shit. And then he, in his explanation of why he's not, I think it was in his his part of the explanation where he was talking about like not being on the phone Mm -hmm. and only talking in certain quote unquote secure areas. Um, But yeah, they get his ass. They get his whole entire, I'm going to say his whole entire black ass because he ain't you black. I'm going to say that, but I mean, nah. <laughs> they got him and his whole entire Chippendale ass. Yeah. Um, I, Why people still to this day, like some of the dancers in the documentary are like, I don't believe it. He was he was too timid to do something like this. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this was this this has been proven more more it, more times it, more I mean, over. the thing is, it's like you believe what you want to believe about people you want to believe it about, right? And they want to hold on to their image of who Steve Banerjee is. So this is why they're still saying, like, I can I think he was set up and he was entirely too timid and too nice. There was another stripper who he found out was ripping him off and he didn't even sue. And it's just, you know. When he said that, he was like, yeah, there was a guy sitting at the bar that blackmailed him and he didn't even make a fuss. And I'm like, you realize that was Roy, you idiot, right? Right. That's what I was like. Because they talked about Roy always sitting at the bar. I was like, you realize the reason he didn't make a fuss because it's somebody who could actually do some shit. (laughs) Right. Sorry, I thought my computer was plugged in, but it wasn't. No, it's fine. Um, but yeah, that they get his ass. They finally get his ass. They charge him with recall charges. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up facing the possibility. I think it was like roughly twenty six years. Something like that. Yeah. There's a couple other people that should have came up on the same charges that did. Same. Like honestly, Roy got two two and a half years and was out. He should not have. He's a dangerous not at society. All. Like, he definitely should not. Nah. Um, they charged so Roy also had a partner in crime in the, the death of Nick, who mm-hmm. long story short, they were able to get audio of him who he was already in prison for narcotic charges. 
Yeah. And he ended up getting more time at it. So he was already good and comfortable where he was. Uh, and Stephen ends up uh, on the day of his sentencing. He was found guilty. Day of his sentencing, he uh, committed suicide. Yep. Kind of unceremoniously. Yeah, it was a very... I guess unceremonious is the word. It was... It was anticlimactic. Yeah, it was a very anticlimactic ending to this roller coaster ride of a story. Yeah, because you gave me a lot, and then it's like, oh, by the way, he died. And, and think, and even think about it, there's so much we didn't even touch on. No, and we're already at two hours. Right, we just hit the high points, and we're already two hours in. There's still so much... Yeah, and so many like branches and sub stories, and just so much that you could talk about with this story. Like, we could have never even focused on the crime part of it and just talked about the business side. And that's a whole, that's another two hours. Like, it's, it's just so much with this. So, for it to end kind of in that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like it's like when you like, <laughs> like when you're a kid and you're setting off fireworks around Fourth of July, and all your friends have like these big, pretty, like multi thing sparklers, like the multi prong sparklers, and your mom only give you the little snake tablets that you just light and it just kind of meow. That's kind of what this. Oh, was. I forgot about this. It's like a snake tablet. Girl, that sounds like a colonic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what they were actually called, but that's what my mom always called them. I don't know what them damn things is called, but you know, you just look light it and it just kind of like the ashes just kind of spread. It's like, mm. like it's, yeah. it's really boring. Like it's that's kind of what this this ending felt like. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I get you. Um, I, I it's. <laughs> <laughs> Like I can't, I don't know, it's weird because of like this, I, I can totally see and understand why him being in the position that he was in, he would commit suicide in prison. Yeah. But it really did just feel Yeah, I felt for she, somebody who created this company that was so like larger than life. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just the I, I was expecting a different company was so larger than life. Like yeah. because it wasn't like oh, somebody got shot. It was like somebody got shot in the face in the middle of, like, Times Square. Like, it's, you know, it's like in an office building in the middle of Manhattan because that building was on, like, 46th Street. Like, it's like the middle of Manhattan. And it's like, it's not just a touring company of strippers. It's like, yeah, there's a touring company of strippers, but they're also burning down rival clubs and putting hits on people who leave Chippendales. Like, it's yeah, it's so over the top that it's like for it to end this way was kind of like, like not even just like the like arc of the story, but the costuming, the music, the performances, yeah, the hair, the mustaches, like, the yeah, everything about it was just so fucking over the top, and it so ended over just the top. so. Just well, yep, he's dead. It's like, yeah, it was well, just like, okay. Wah, wah, wah. Like it was just like, like I was still staring at the screen. Like, is that it? I was very much like, there's nothing 
else like this is this is where we stop like yeah because you firmly because just because the way this story kind of went you completely expected like a rally like we ride at dawn to avenge his death like it was just like yeah or even just i don't know I I, just, I felt a gang war between current and former Chippendales happening. Like something else that this just felt very like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not the only thing that ended up dying in this. The other rival show, Adonis, also died out because yeah. that shit. It just, the kitschiness of it all um, pretty much Adonis died. Yeah, it was like by the time Adonis showed it, like Adonis had a run but yeah but it was towards the end of this already at the end of this kind of thing and it's like Chippendale is literally only still around because of nostalgia but nobody had time to connect to all those other pop-up shows I I feel like Chippendale's has stuck around because it like the appeal of it is something and it makes it makes sense where it is now the appeal of it is something that is very Vegas yeah it's very it is very vegas but everything about vegas is very like nostalgic and kitschy because remember on real housewives of beverly hills they went to a chippendale show oh my god i forgot about that and now like chippendales does like celebrity guest performers and like yeah it's very pussycat dolls now like yeah i was reading the bios of a lot of the um like of the guys that are there now mm-hmm. um some of them are kind of weird but that's just me mm-hmm. um I, I just looked at pictures i didn't actually read anything well a lot of them are in fact like professional dancers professional mm-hmm. singers because like, like yeah this is Tatum more leading more like into a, the showgirl aspect yeah like Channing tatum did like a stint with them and i think tyson beckford did a stint with them and it's just tyson beckford not tyrese yes and it was not tyrese once again, what the fuck is Tyson Beckford doing? He doesn't have to do any of these things. I think he's at least just, in my mind. I think he's just bored, honestly. That's I why I keep like, being like, "You sure you're not talking about Tyrese?" Yeah, no, I do not get them confused. I oh, think Tyson geez. Beckford is just bored, and he's just like, "Yeah, why not?" I mean, but he was also a judge on Legendary, so it's like, I really think that makes sense, though. I think he's just very much like, eh, why not? I'll do whatever. Like, it's like, like there are a lot of things that, like, I, there's he, a list of things that I'm like, okay, this makes sense for Tyson Beckford. This makes sense for Tyrese. Like, Tyrese being on Legendary does not make sense. No, Tyrese dancing Ty- for Chippendales makes perfect sense. That doesn't make any sense to me. Not Tyrese now, not current day Tyrese. That makes no sense. If you were talking about Sweet Lady Tyrese, completely makes sense now, no. I say now because Vegas tends to be the place where <laughs> when you're ready to put down roots and you're just older, you go. Yeah, like, but I say now it don't make sense because, you know, he's still doing all them goddamn Fast and Furious movies that nobody asked for. That's why, too, because those movies are so bad. But they make so much money. Never mind. I was they make a ton they still of make a, They still make a fuck. Because people money. who love that franchise are die hard like those i don't i still understand that i can't tell you i saw one past three i, I didn't even, even know, look up no, that far three was tokyo drift 
I didn't even. That was the one with Bow Wow. I didn't even see. I started it, but I didn't see it. I, I saw one and two all the way through. I've not seen one past then. I actually forgot they were making them still until last year. They're making a new one. They're going to do at least 10. So there's at least one more that is going to happen. As but, long as this nigga ain't crying on the internet about Will and Jada giving him money, fine. Keep his ass working. It was like they were, it was paused because they're going to do the movie with The Rock and Jason Statham. Yeah, it was like Calvin and Hobbes, I think. It was Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it like Hobbes and Shaw or something? Like oh, I swear it was Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> I was like, what is this like weird reference point for my childhood? I think it was Hobbs and Shar, something like that. But it's like, because I know the ninth one came out last year, maybe. Jesus. Maybe. See, I that's remember another thing. Fast and Furious doesn't make sense to me that Tyrese is in it. Tyson Beckford, yes. It makes more sense that Tyrese is in it to me. It doesn't make sense to me that Tyrese is in it. But it could be because. It could be just because I'm just used to Tyrese being in it because he's been in his second one. Maybe that's why. So I also don't watch Tyrese movies. Because they're bad. I, yeah, no, I can't. Because Tyrese can't act for shit. They're bad. No, like, no he can't. He can't. When I, I remember the first time I saw Baby Boy and they showed that nigga in the womb and I said, I See, remember. that's what I was just I, thinking. About to be nothing for me because that is a grown ass nigga laying up in a womb. I just I already know this is not about to be my speed. All I can say was, poor that poor woman's uterus. She's going to die because <laughs> this nigga's huge. She's probably already dead. Shit. It just was, yeah, nothing. And then the, I don't know, nothing about that movie said that it was for me. <laughs> I might, you know what? I might double back. I'm going to give Tyrese a chance. I want to double back and I'm going to watch some of his movies. You ain't missing shit. I can tell you that. Now, well, maybe I'll get off the Tyrese hate train. Maybe that'll pull into the station and finally be done. you say some of his movies. Was he in anything else other than Fast and Furious, Baby Boy? And that's all I know. But according to you, there's like 12 Fast and Furiouses. So I mean, there <laughs> goes some. I think there's nine i think yeah, yeah is, was it paul walker yeah but he died around like six yeah but he wanted i think they were like his dream was for us to do 10 of these First so we're gonna do 10 because they brought um what's his face back vin diesel oh did they yeah i know it's that one i watched he was back in the movie i do love vin diesel he is such like he used to be like for me he used to be the hottest and then to find out who's like a big ass like dungeons and dragons yeah he was a world of warcraft nerd. like yeah. fucking nerd i was like yes please be my daddy <laughs> it's like i will even bottom for you then yeah. i'll do everything for you just play pokemon with me and let me that note, let's wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> Got a long time. Uh yeah. Well, y'all, that was Chippendales. Um, it was the 
lustful fantasy of the 80s now looking mm-hmm. more like a hokey kitschy honestly a hokey kitschy kid so um does not compare to things a clearer if you want to get a clearer picture on this story after you because i don't know i guess y'all actually watch the shit we be talking about i know some of y'all do because y'all be messaging me about it and mm-hmm. but um if you want a clearer picture of the story after you watch this watch the 2020 the 2020 because I watched this and then watched the 2020 and then went back and watched this again and it made some some of the shit make sense. It had another level of clarity to it. Yeah, it made some things make sense in a way that it definitely wouldn't have had I not had this additional piece of information. Right. Oh, and you all can. So you, it, I'm assuming that the, the doc, 2020 documentary is on Hulu. It is on Hulu, yes. Okay. So that is over on Hulu. This is actually over on Discovery Plus, which is now running a free seven-day trial. And I'm about to cancel this shit tonight. Yeah, same. They also, I mean, the 2020 episode actually makes mention of this documentary. Okay, so it's for it's recently then. Yeah, it's really recent because it says you can watch this documentary on Discovery Plus. Like there, it, it was done after this documentary was available, which is why they took a different angle. But it well, get your seven some gaps. Definitely get your free seven days out of it. Watch this and cancel it promptly so you don't forget it. But it was worth it. It was definitely worth the free seven days. It was. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. We saw Geraldo. We saw Sally. We saw Donahue. We saw Joan Rivers. We saw on all show. the girls. Yeah, only one they didn't show was Jenny Jones. But I think they're like she. We're never touching her again. Um, no, and also, well, no, because I was watching something and they were interviewing her, something recent. Oh, no, I mean, in this documentary, because I'm pretty sure that the Chippendales, I'm pretty sure I remember them being on Jenny. Are they on there? I, I thought she might have been too late for when they were still doing like TV stuff, because you know, they had stopped doing TV appearances. She started in, I want to say, like 92, 93. Yeah. So she still would have been on that like late train of them. I must say maybe doing TV appearances. I genuinely don't remember a whole lot about Jenny Jones. So and that's only by the grace of God. Because and with that, y'all pray. Her show was oof. <laughs> um yeah, y'all don't be like Jenny Jones. Go be decent people in the world. Yes. Although, I don't think Jenny Jones is a bad person. I think Jenny Jones' producers are awful, though. I just think she, I think that career-wise, she's made a lot of decisions, choices. And after that guy killed, after the the murder, she definitely stepped away from everything and was just like, nah, I can't do none of this shit no more. Yeah, there was a big, there was definitely a big shift in the show. Yeah. Definitely a big shift in the show. Damn, your baby over there causing havoc. Oh, that's both. Oh, damn. Is he okay? He opened the refrigerator. Oh, that shit was loud as fuck. It's like, damn, it's is, is, is he all right? It's because of where I'm sitting. Oh, damn. Sound like he fell out. Nah. And I'm... Um, all right, y'all. Go to bed. <laughs> all right, niggas. Take your asses to sleep. I'm going to sleep. All right. Bye, y'all. Yeah. <laughs>